time. Welcome to our Friday show of The Lunch Break. It is me, Josh Hart, in studio with no one. Uh, and in the production room, we have Zach Lewis. Hello, Zach. Josh, how's it going? Sad day. Matt's, uh, Matt's out and about. Yeah, he's, um, he's out. It's a bummer. It, Makes me sad. It happens. Yeah, but you know what? It does. The show must go on. Uh, so if anyone here uh, wants to swing by and hop in the studio, feel free. Come on down. Yeah, open, open invitation. Seat. Yeah, open seat. <laughs> and one at all. I, I want to start off, though, by, uh, by some, pretty, some pretty depressing news. Besides Matt being gone? Yeah. Mm. That's right. It's the funeral march. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think we'll be okay with this news. Uh, there's some people on our second floor. I have no idea how they're going to survive. Uh-huh. Uh, the Starbucks across the hall. From us, right here in iShot, is going away. Starbucks. The Starbucks we had within a stone's throw. Well, that's a bummer. Is going away. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're packing up. It's going to turn into something else. We're not sure what, but the Starbucks version of that is going away. Sarah Crilly uh, drinks Starbucks a lot. Yeah. I think I think now she's trying to. Trying to like rein it in a little bit, but uh, she she's not. She she's was not there. trying to rein it in. She that's... was there a lot. Yesterday she told me I can't have Starbucks any longer. What? I don't know that that's a health thing or whatever it is. Like a, but I see her. Well, I saw her quite a bit. I don't want to out her if she's uh, you know if she's trying to do something else. But uh, that Starbucks going away was a huge component of us getting this room. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what what we're going to be doing any longer. But how did you hear about this? Uh, they they told us who. Uh, Sarah and Samantha upstairs. Oh, so like they, they. So who did they hear it from? I guess. I like guess the building? the building. Yeah, they get they get emails that we don't get. Why is it going away? I. Was it cost too much to run? I mean, the, come on. The only thing I can think of is that uh, there's a new coffee shop on the second floor that's going in. So we're in. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, we're in Lincoln Square at like Dallas and like 635 and the, the Tollway here in right. Dallas. Uh, and so it's a it's a huge complex, multiple buildings, and we're on the first floor of Tower Two. It's a classy place. Classy place. We're on the first floor of Tower Two. Tower Two is about to get an upgrade. Yeah. Right now we have like a kiosk, like a Starbucks kiosk, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, they they can do anything that you can get anywhere else, but it's a kiosk. Well, they're about to open up a full fledged like coffee shop, sit down newspaper, like a coffee shop. It's oh, not going to be a yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. something else that serves. You know, I think Starbucks coffee, but it's gonna be a full fledged like, coffee shop. Right. It's it's on the second floor by the visitor entrance. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think I think that's putting the kiosk. Like they're just like preemptively getting it out of the game. I think you're right, and that's a bummer. And I'll tell you why. Because I know the guy that runs that shop. He's a nice guy. He's yeah. there every day. He's a hard working. He's a hard working Joe. And um, yeah, I feel bad for him. Maybe he'll work up there. I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, I doubt it. <laughs> you mean but what? I think he's a part of the cafe. I think the cafe had that. The cafe realized, hey, yeah. so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes in there. My my wife was talking about it last night, and she thought of the idea of doing a bubble tea. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure if bubble tea replaces Starbucks, though. I dig some bubble tea. Well, yeah, I dig bubble tea, but not like it's not like my 9 a.m. No. ritual to go out and grab some bubble. That's like a a treat. Well, that place does. Uh, they do like smoothies and yogurt and stuff, but nobody ever gets it. So. I don't yeah. know how far bubble tea would float. I know it's not quite the same as a smoothie, but yeah, you're right. It's a treat. It's like a dessert. 
It's not something you just casually get, especially in the morning when you're trying to kick off your day and get through that first big meeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see Sarah is online uh, doing the show. So if there's any ideas you have for Sarah uh, about what should go in the kiosk besides the Starbucks, because I've heard bagels being one of them, like a little bagels. bagel shop. Yeah. Because bagel shops have coffee, just not Starbucks coffee. What is it about Starbucks coffee that you're either obsessed with? Like it's a love it or hate it relation. It's not like one of those like lukewarm. It's a love it or hate it kind of uh, feeling. I, I think Starbucks is one of those things people look at like it's 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 treat in a way. It's a good way to kick off your day, and it's like a, it's an I deserve this kind of thing. <laughs> I earned this coffee. Like I I I'm gonna go stand in line. It's five minutes. I don't have to be at the office, and I can I can enjoy a, a warm overpriced cup of bean water and it'll be incredible i i love what starbucks has been able to do yeah uh with with the bean water exactly it is essentially <laughs> coffee now given yeah it's coffee they've perfected mm -hmm. uh there is a certain like taste to it i have a, a cousin who went to portland for a while and lived in portland oh wow and now he's back in austin he goes the two things i miss about portland is beer and coffee <laughs> they had better beer like local beer and better coffee than you'll find anywhere else. Every single coffee shop was serious about coffee. Right, no and it's all locally sourced, yeah. whatever. They can tell you where the beans yeah, come from. Yeah, they name each one of them. Right. Yeah, this is Harold and John, and they, yeah. So I, 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 I have never cared that much. I do like Starbucks, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal treat. Yeah, um, but I, we have Folgers in our break room, and it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a bag of Starbucks blend, whatever. We yeah. never use it. It just sits there. Yeah, it's all the same. It's all going to the same place. There's a difference. You know, I well, can taste when you use Folgers and when I use Starbucks. I can taste the difference. But it's still. It's just at the end of the day, it's just there to give me caffeine. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, so it's a shot of caffeine. At the end of the day, your body registers it is the same. I think. Right. It doesn't make. There's probably not a whole lot of difference in how much energy you're going to get. Yeah. So I, I do love uh, I saw online that uh, there was like a blind taste test mm -hmm. uh, for coffee drinkers. And one of them was the Starbucks and the McDonald's blind taste test. And throughout America, McDonald's won hands down. Really? As the better coffee. Oh, wow. Uh, and I think a lot of that. My dad loves coffee. Can't stand Starbucks because it's too strong. Too strong. Yeah, exactly. It's too like it's too bold. Okay, he'll sure. go and get like the vanilla caramel, yeah. like lots, the super sweet. You can't even taste the coffee. Sure. He'll get one of those, and it's great. But as far as like, just getting like the the black roast, mm -hmm. he can't he can't do it. You always drink too black bold. coffee, um, because I've seen you every once in a while with a cup of black coffee, but you change it up. Which is what, the only way to do it. If you yeah. do the same thing every day, you're going to be miserable. Yeah, so I have, if I'm drinking just coffee, coffee, it's black coffee. Right. Uh, but when I go upstairs, they have, so if you don't know, again, uh, we're divided. We have the downstairs floor, which is where we are, <laughs> and then there's a second floor upstairs. Upstairs is like, that's the penthouse. That's the VIP area. Is it they, the penthouse? Well, they get all the nice stuff, you it, know? Uh, yeah, okay, we, I guess we that's get the, true. They have yeah. a full-fledged fridge. We have a college dorm fridge. Right, that, they that's, get, yeah. They, we, uh, we, they bought us a, a microwave, which we're grateful for. Well, uh, no. But they got the new microwave. We got the hand-me-down. Right, no. They bought themselves a yeah. microwave. We got the old microwave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so upstairs, again, we have a coffee pot. And again, grateful for the coffee pot. But upstairs, they have like the ninja. It like blends and froths <laughs> and like makes really cool like lattes. You've got to see this thing. They if you've have, never seen a ninja coffee maker in action, phenomenal. do yourself a solid. Yeah. Check it out. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's something. Uh, it has like, they have like creamers and all different things in the, in the drawer. 
And because again, that's where all the big wigs sit. They're up there, so they need their fancy coffee. And, and that is f- where clients go to have meetings. Yeah. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they we're fine down here. I'm not trying to complain. I'm yeah. Saying, who who wouldn't love? <laughs> yeah. This every once in a while, I go up there to get a you know a little uh, a little treat for sure. myself to yeah. get the to get the latte and the foam. It so, is nice. Yeah. yeah. But I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's selfish of me to think that, like, down here, we got a pretty sweet. We got the cool lights. We got the studio. We got empty chairs. Like, it's not so bad. I don't know. Uh, there, now now there's a hot debate growing on Twitter about, sorry, on Twitter, on Facebook, about which brew is better, cold brew or hot coffee. Oh. And yeah. to me, like, that's that's not even, like, that's like apples and oranges. It's a totally different thing. Cold brew and hot coffee? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, hot coffee is great for when you want, like, when you're cold, you want a hot cup of coffee. Sure. But iced coffee, I drink. I drink mostly during the summertime. And the hard part about getting uh, cold brew coffee is getting it like here, because like there's no way. Because like cold brew, from what I understand, is like coffee they make and then they put it in the cooler for a long period of time, and it's stronger because when you pour it over ice, it dilutes it to where it gets to the the proper. Is that uh, how it works? Yeah. So it's like okay. a stronger, bolder. If you ever drink just out of the jar, like cold pressed coffee, <laughs> yeah, it'll. It'll shock you. I didn't go to coffee school. So there's Nor a lot I. I don't know about I, how coffee works. I spent a lot of time. So as a producer uh, for a morning show, yeah. what they don't tell you is essentially you're a glorified coffee guy. Um, <laughs> and so there was there's a couple of hosts who would would feel bad about having me do a coffee run and some that wouldn't. Um, there's a guy I used to work for, Adam's. Adam Smasher, yeah, uh, and he would like feel bad about it, but he'd always send me to go on a coffee run, <laughs> and so every morning I would just stop going to work. I would just go to the Starbucks, and he would have already ordered on the app the the, the amount. I would pick it up and drive it in. How but, does that work? I feel really bad, but do you mind going and getting it for the eighteenth so, time? Here's what he would do, and it's so funny. He would be like, "Hey, I just you know how it is over there with like people and you know talking, and I just it'd be more effective if you could just do it. Like, there's no one there at four a.m. Like, <laughs> yeah. so there's no one to talk to. It just right. he didn't want to do it, uh, and so I kind of called him out, and he we had a good, good laugh. But that was that was the the coffee run. So spending all my time. Every morning in a Starbucks, and I got free coffee out of it. I was fine. I didn't care. Sure, it was on the way to work. No, no big deal for me. Right, um, is when I learned all about the different how things are made and done because I ask a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. that's where my experience comes in. Well, I want to dip back into the comments real quick. Well, first, to address Sarah Crilly, who said uh, the Ninja Coffee Maker upstairs was on sale. To be so, to be clear, this wasn't like an exorbitant purchase. It just happened to be the thing that was on sale at the time. Sure, and thought to yeah. Themselves, yeah. And she would have got one for us, but we didn't have a sink down here. My only issue with that is we did have a sink once. There was one, <laughs> yeah. and it was removed <laughs> when we moved in. Yeah. So I, as far as the sink thing goes, I hear what you're saying, but like little column A, little column but B. But they didn't remove the sink so that we couldn't have a ninja. That, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't a thing. I think they removed the sink for more desk space because nobody wants to work next to the sink. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to work next to us. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true, too. So that's where we're at. Uh, and then to clarify, Amanda said, no, 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 cold brew, gold brew isn't iced coffee. Right. It's a specific way to brew the coffee. It's less acidic. Oh, now here's how much I know about uh, brewing and solubles and hot and cold liquids. All right, this is some very basic chemistry. For those of you who don't know, tune in to the lunch break to get a good chemistry lesson every Friday. Boom. Here's what it is. Uh, if you are trying to make like salt water, right? Uh, you drop salt in cold water. You can dilute a lot of it. A lot of it will absorb into the water, but a lot of it won't. Versus hot water, most of it will dilute. Hot water is more soluble or something. I don't, I don't know the correct term for it. So basically, <laughs> the hotter the water, the more things absorb into the water. That's the deal. So I assume when you're making hot brew or cold brew, 
you get something out of doing it at a different temperature, but I don't know what. I know you've got some brewing experience, maybe not coffee. Do you? Is there? I have. I have no idea. No. Yeah, I was. I was going to say like this is as far as chemistry lessons go. Right. Yeah. Don't don't take this to school. Well, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you you you've homebrewed like beer, right? Yeah, I, I homebrew beer, but we you have to get the with beer. It's like a, a steep it, so I'm not sure how you would pour. I guess it would work. Pour cold water over the the grinds. I just I feel like we're kind of out of our realm of, of understanding. We're going to sound right. really dumb uh, talking about it. But how you brew beer is like tea, like you're making tea. You, oh, really? Yeah, you get the the barley, the whatever it is, and you put it into hot water. Now uh-huh. you put it at different times based on the hops and whatever it is to get the flavor and the profile that, that you want. Sure. Uh, but essentially, it's like you steep a bag of goods uh, for an hour or so to get all the flavor out. And then you put uh, sugar in there, and then you put yeast in there. The yeast eats the sugar of your flavored water. Yeah. Uh, and then the yeast, um, that makes the alcohol. Really? So, yeah. I did not know that. There you go. See, that's a chemistry lesson. Fun, fun that's facts. something, yeah. Uh, we're going to get back with a feel-good story after this quick break. A feel-good story that took place right here in Dallas in Carrollton, Texas. Stick around. It's a lunch break. Mics are still on. Yeah. Sorry, just let it chime in there. Yeah. And we are back. Uh, sorry about that. I, this is my first time to run the board in here for the sound, so yeah. I, le- I left the microphones on. It's all good. That's a sweet jam, though. Whatever I that was, it, I, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good not, little ditty. Yeah, it's called Break Number Three. Break Number Three. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about like I like to kind of go through the news and find stuff that is like a feel good. A uh, there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, kind of kind of moment. And sure. I, I found this story that took place here in Carrollton. Uh, and it was a church, and it was a church that had uh, usually they they go all out on Easter Sunday as most churches do. That's like a a pretty standard, pretty standard like that, church thing. Everyone is that, goes, is that, that music you're piping in? Yeah, it's a little, little, little church. I dig music. that. Yeah, look at the production value we're, here. We're stepping it up. We, we don't need Matt. When Matt's gone, we yeah, don't need we, bring our <laughs> A game. Uh, anyway, this church here in Dallas, uh, they spent a lot of money, up to a hundred grand on advertising alone for their services. And so for they, Easter services? For, just for Easter services. And Easter, if you're unaware, is like the day you have to go to church. You go to church on Easter and around Christmas. Christmas. Those are the two times that right. if you're a a lapsed a lapsed uh, Christian, that's when you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of things that so Easter Easter mass where I w- went was completely packed. Right. We got there like ah, probably two or three minutes late and we were standing in the back of the back of the back. This is uh, uh, probably multiple services kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they have like three or four. It's right. one of those deals. That they, they know. This is when everyone's coming to get their get their feel goods. Uh-huh. And so they um, they have those kind of things. But, 
but this church in Carrollton, and it's the Congregation of the Covenant in Carrollton. I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and covenant. give them a draw. I, I, hopefully they're not a weird church. When I don't know who they are. you blow hundred grand on one holiday, it's, it's okay to give them a drop on the yeah. show, I guess. So, but what they did is they were talking about this and they were like, you know what? Uh, pastor there, Stephen Haynes, said, it seems weird. It seems weird to, to spend a hundred grand when all we're trying to do is help the community, right? It's a little strange. And so uh, for this, this year alone, they took that hundred grand and they go, we're going to help pay uh, vets in the area. They were very specific. Vets in the area within a 20-mile radius of the church. Veterans? Veterans, yeah. Gotcha. Not, Not veterinarians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to help veterinarians. Yeah. Right. You're going to help veterans. I know churches uh, in particular about yeah. animals and yeah. heaven. and yeah. It's another show. Yeah. Another show. They're going to help veterans in the area within a 20-mile radius. Uh. And that was just it. They were going to spend the, the hundred grand that they were going to do. Well, people started hearing about that. And okay. it kind of grew naturally. Yeah. And they ended up raising enough money that they were able to cover every single veteran in a 20-mile radius, cover all of their medical exp- exp- expenses. expenses. For how long? Completely paid. Well, no, they were just like, whatever bill they had, yeah. boom, paid. Covered. Really? Yeah. Well, with a hundred grand, that's pretty good. Because I was going to say, how many veterans can live in a 20-mile radius in Carrollton? You know a, what I mean? Like how, how dense could that be? Veteran so, per square mile after all the money they raised uh they 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 paid off the debt and guess how much the debt was i have i have no idea 10 million 10.5 million dollars they paid was, off was raised yeah with the 100 grand people heard about it mm-hmm. and started donating pitching wow. in, adding to that fund they paid off everyone's debt and then turned around and helped families in that same area who were in need uh-huh. And help relieved their financial problems. Up to four thousand two hundred and twenty-nine families in all who weren't veterans, just were in need in their community. Wow! What a phenomenal story. That is a crazy feel-good story. Yeah. Let me figure out how I can ruin it. Um, Go ahead. So here's the thing. I was in Houston, right, over uh-huh. the weekend, uh, Easter weekend, as it was, and I noticed a lot of people had these like cardboard standees in in their yard, like political signs you'd see, yeah. right? Yeah, like these little cardboard square things. Yep. And a lot of them were advertising Eastern. Now, this is Houston, Texas, all right? This is the home of Joel Olstein and Lakewood Church. Yep. It's no joke. Those people take the church seriously, and I respect the hustle. I do. But, like, <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you work in to, like, a church marketing budget those things, right? Where does mm-hmm. that money come from? How do, you, how do you allocate that? So, in a past life, okay. uh, I worked... I was on staff. You I was were, a, you were a youth minister. Right? I was a youth, that was the deal. Yep. In a past life, I was a youth minister. Uh, so I worked heavily in a church. My dad, small town church pastor. So I get the behind the scenes inner workings of a church. Sure. So the church's mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm speaking only from my experience, not the not the stamp of what the church doctrine says. But right. From my experience, the church mission is to make disciples of men. So bring people into the faith. That uh-huh. is their number one objective. Okay, yeah. And so just like any company, at that point in time, they become a company. Right. They help, they find the need, but they want to spread the word of the church. Uh-huh. So in this day and age, the best way to spread the word is through advertising. Right. So that's when you do your marketing, your flyers, your campaign, mm-hmm. your TV ads, whatever it is that you're going to do, because you're trying to cast a big enough net to bring people in who may not have had a chance right. uh, to be brought in. So that's the mega churches. That's like their their thing. Mm-hmm. My dad, in the churches we grew up at, the biggest congregation, I think, was like 
120, 130. That's so not, hey, that's something. We yeah. weren't we weren't spending the hundred thousand dollars on on advertising, uh, but that was their church. But you see churches here in Dallas, like Life Church. Yeah. Uh, you know they they have multiple campuses. It's a full on concert with lights and smoke machines and. <laughs> sure. But again, that's that their whole thing is to find people where they are. Six so, flags over Jesus. Six yeah. flags over. Yeah. So some people don't like that. Some people he, he, people do. Either way, it's meant it's meant to to spread spread the word. So right. It's it seems counterintuitive for them to spend money on advertising, but you're exactly right. Like it's not their job necessarily to feed the homeless. It's their job to encourage other people to want to feed the homeless. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's why it seems weird that they would take that hundred grand in Carrollton and spend it on vets in the area directly. But it's sweet of them to do it, and it looks like it worked. So for what it's worth, maybe more churches should be doing yeah. stuff like and that. I looked into this because I was uh, I'm also a naturally skeptical person uh and so i looked into this thing and this is one of the like the ploys they would do uh to like you know get that like oh hey if we do this and we right we leak it to the press but it seems like they just told their church hey we're not advertising this year yeah. for easter services because we're going to want to do this and it naturally kind of grew yeah uh so it seemed like on the surface it seemed very up and up like they were weren't trying to make a national story it just kind of became one all on its own. So, <laughs> right. They didn't like make a hashtag, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I appreciate what they're doing. You know, it's one of those fun, feel-good stories. When we come back, a hot debate is brewing as well that I'm sure Zach will have a, a an opinion on. And it has to do with Star Wars and replacing Leia. Oh, dear. All right, we are back. Uh, I was trying to pull up the the Star Wars theme. Yes, but I did not. I did not get it in time. So, yeah. Sorry, I, I should have been more prepared for that, and I was not. And that's entirely on. Join me. us in the comments by uh, typing your hum along. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, so that was that. So the debate right now that is brewing is about. Uh, so, if you're not familiar with the Star Wars saga, yeah. uh, Princess Leia has made a comeback, and there's a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm not going to dip my feet entirely into this. Uh, but in real life, she has passed away. The actress, and I forget her name, uh, but Carrie Princess, Fisher. Carrie yeah, very, Fisher, very unfortunate, has passed away. So, but she has not, not, not uh, died off on the series. And so, there, the debate is: should they replace her? No. Um, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Star Wars Episode 7 and 8. Very unfortunate. Uh, of the kind of original trio in... I'm just going to switch that camera over to me. Yeah. Of the original trio in Star Wars, the Han Solo played by Harrison Ford, Luke Skywalker played by Mark Hamill, and 
Princess Leia Organa, played by Carrie Fisher. Three of them are, well, two of them, I should say, are no longer around in the series, right? Two of them have passed on. One of them is still still around. Um, kind of counterintuitive to life, I guess. Life imitates art in a weird sort of way, because unfortunately, uh, Carrie Fisher isn't around anymore, but Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are. So, like, man, that was just unfortunate, I guess. So, but yeah, really a bummer. So, they're talking about replacing them with, and again, if there's anybody who could could do it, uh-huh. I, I think we're close. Sure. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah, Meryl Streep is the pick uh, for for this choice. Now, before we get into it, uh, we have a clip of what uh, Mark Hamill has to say about it. Let's hear it. But just the way Han Solo was more prominent in 7, Luke was more prominent in 8, we assumed that Leia would be more prominent in 9, especially since the dynamic of having Kylo Ren as her son. Um, I think it'd be tough recasting only because she's so indelibly linked with that character, but she's irreplaceable. So, you know, it goes back to, is anyone actually irreplaceable? You've seen times before where people are just like, you know, put in new actors. Mm -hmm. I've seen it before where you think, oh, hey, but people get by with it as long as you're like staying true. And a lot of the, I'm sure, blogs and fandoms will get upset, but ultimately the general population I don't think would care. There's there's three options, I think, here, right? There's three ways to go. One, you recast. It would be unfortunate. I feel like people might be okay with it. Uh, Amanda in the comments said it was a great idea because if anybody could carry yeah. the, 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 the Leia uh, mantle, it would be Meryl Streep. I could get behind that. Academy Award winning actress. Hey, she's great. I dig her. She's Love the Meryl. Yeah. Two, you don't recast and you write her out. That'd be unfortunate. But I feel like maybe that's the medium, right? For people who maybe couldn't get over the recasting, it would take them out of the experience. Three, and this is a scary one, um, they could CGI her in. Ugh, no. Just do the whole thing. Out. Yeah. So I'm I'm about to make some people upset. And and I apologize (laughs) in advance. All right. Uh, I am a a moderate a moderate consumer of the Star Wars series. Moderate, uh, meaning I've watched all the, the movies, but if I had to take a quiz, I would not do well. Have Actually, you, go ahead. Hey, I was going to say, have you seen Rogue One? No. Okay. So, but I, you've seen the main saga. Yeah, I saw the, the first, the first, and the then, first three. Okay. The the ones like three, four, and five. I didn't see any of the prequels. Uh, okay, so then, you, you saw the original trilogy, right? Yep. Like New Hope, Empire, Jedi. Mm-hmm. You didn't see the three old school ones. No. Well, old school, I should say new the, school ones. The, the pre ones. With, with Anakin Skywalker yep. and Hayden Christensen yep. and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, no. The best part of those movies. Uh, right. The ones that had BB 8 in them, I've seen those. Okay, so you saw four, five, six, seven, and 8. Yep. Make your and, claim. Let's, yeah, let's and they were, they, they were all fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Except for on the latest one, I I did not I did not care for uh, Carrie Fisher's performance or or uh, Mark Hamill's performance. Really? I thought I thought they would have been better served had they not been in the movie at all. Uh, and I, I mentioned that in passing uh, to friends of mine who were avid supporters of uh-huh. the film. Yeah. And uh, it was as if I spit in their very face. Uh, so <laughs> I just I don't I don't think they brought the same like character as they did on the first the the original three. Right. I, I think they were brought in like make awareness about the film. I just don't think they had they kept up with their chops. It didn't seem like it was good acting. They were meant to help. <laughs> comments are 
I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't know if you're reading these. I uh, hope you are. Yeah, um, no longer friends. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the reason they were in these movies is to help bridge the gap between the old and the new. And that's part of like the main core message in episode eight with the passing of, again, spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker. Um, it's it's handing off Star Wars to a new generation. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what the prequel trilogy, one, two, and three, were supposed to be. Yeah. But it didn't really, people didn't really go for it. Some did, some didn't. Um, God, I feel like we're really treading on hot ground. Yeah, uh, no, like people this. are upset with me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the comments and trying to focus. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I get why they're in there. I liked them. Uh, honestly, to be fair, just to dip myself into the same water you're in, I didn't think first time around, please don't crucify me. Harrison Ford was all that awesome. No, in seven. no. I had trouble getting into him. Yeah. I don't know why. Then again, I, Blade Runner, I thought it was great. So I, I, I like yeah. I like Harrison Ford. Yeah, uh, I think he's a great actor. I just I feel like they were trying to like market off of we're bringing back the original cast. Yeah, when I think they should have just done a film and made the film good for what it was. What do you mean a film? Like make a good Star Wars film. Like not try to like 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 for instance, they yeah. the only time I've ever seen this done well was with Star Trek. Okay, when they brought back. Boy, I don't get his name wrong. I the the guy, the scene. Oh, uh, Spock. Spock. They brought Leonard back Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah they God. brought back him, but they used him. I think an appropriate amount. Just sprinkle him in. Uh-huh. They didn't try to make him a whole like character. Yeah, and they okay, yeah, because they already had a Spock. So right. they, I like the way they did that, but for the most part, I just I don't like it when you. It, to me, it seems like you're trying too hard. I I don't know if I've ever seen an angry face come across. Yeah, on the yeah, we are, we are, yeah. Again. No, 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 no. Uh, they, they did a clever job of running Leonard Nimoy into... I said Leonard Nimoy, Amanda. They, yeah, they did a clever I job of, it, yeah. I feel like I'm being held hostage on stream. I, 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 they did a clever job of writing him into the new one because it was like this weird kind of time travel yeah. reality plot that kind of works for Star Trek. Star Wars, it makes sense that they would be in there because it's older and you want to see what's going on with them. But like... Yeah, did you have them in the movie because it was important to the plot and it was important to the way you told your story? Or was it to just let v- viewers know, hey, here's what's going on with yeah. them. Now we're going to leave them. It, you know? seemed like, like a, it seemed more like a marketing thing to me. Right. Like, to bring back engaged people who before liked them, you know, the older films. and Right. It's, it's hey, you remember R2-D2? You remember him? Yeah, yeah. he was great. How about how about Luke Skywalker? You remember him? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, He's fun. Yeah. Right. So that's, and again, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know uh, that I'll make a lot of people mad funny story about this i one time uh when i was doing radio was invited uh to be a celebrity air quotes celebrity judge for a thing they were having in plano and it was to um like judge for a star wars contest like a kid's star wars contest Uh and uh my ignorance of star wars came out full effect oh no Uh, so my wife and friend were trying to like give me like tips on who the characters are, what the people are, and those kind of things, and it just it never it did not it did not go well. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remember I called some kids lightsaber a sword, and you heard like the audience like collectively gasp, like oh that's a cool sword man. And it's like mm. yeah. So that's that's that shows you my knowledge of, of where we're at with this. I like that in in criticizing. Go ahead. Criticizing Star Wars uh, in an attempt at a constructive manner, you brought in Star Trek instead. They did it better. Like you made it, just made it worse somehow. Yeah, like you managed to co- compound well, that debate. We will go out on. I have uh, gotten approval. This is the uh, RCN special uh, Star Wars theme. Oh gosh, close. It is close. the War in the Stars sounder to end this into break. 
I mean, pretty close. It's not. It's not close. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we have the budget for. Uh, yeah, when we come back, we have a, a guest in studio, Lindsay Fagan. She's running for Congress. We're going to ask her some questions. If you feel free to ask any questions in the comments, and forgive me for all of my ignorance having to do with uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and all of those things above. We are back. And again, I apologize. We, uh, I'm bringing in Lindsay. Uh, you're running for Congress. We just had a hot debate. And I got, I got publicly trolled uh, because I was talking about the Star Wars and uh, whether or not they should have ever brought back uh, Princess Leia into the series. Yeah. And I've made a lot of people upset. So you're coming in at, at, a, at a tough time. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Uh, so you're running for Congress. Yes. Uh, tell me about uh, what made you want to do that at this quarter, like particular time, as it seemed like, like the politic era is such a hotbed for for all things like chaos and <laughs> it's kind of everything's up in disarray. It seems like it's one storm after another. What made you go? Yeah, I want to get involved in that arena. Yeah. So in fall of 2016, I was driving my daughter to school, and um, it was after one of the school shootings at an elementary school mm -hmm. and I was driving her to school and you know she's young I think she was 10 at the time um, and I thought oh well if this is happening at elementary schools I need to have be I need her to be prepared for it so I had explained to her on the way to school one day how to hide from a school shooter and uh, it didn't sit well with me it was a really hard conversation to have telling you know a little baby girl how to hide her internal organs in her head in a cabinet from you know, a grown man with yeah. giant guns. And so uh, I cried the whole way home and I cried and I put my head on the steering wheel when I got home and I just decided, you know, I'm not gonna have this conversation uh, with, her, with her and then do nothing about it. And I sure as hell don't want her to have that conversation with her kids. And so I jumped in, I decided to run and um, I had no no intentions ever of ever running for political office, but I think there are a lot of people that are looking for people like me, people who are coming at it from a really organic place. Yeah. Um, I don't have a crazy ego. I don't have any um, motives other than making sure that the the people in my district don't have to have those hard conversations with their kids, and I just want to make sure that uh, the American people are happy and safe. And um, that's it. So if, if that that's kind of it seems like your platform, as, as it were, uh, are you on the like, are you on the like trying to stop it, prevent it? Uh, is there a, a a path you have to prevent that from happening in the future? Like, 
what is it that you think is the is the answer? I think there are a lot of solutions. I mean, I think we just need pragmatic voices in Congress that are willing to uh, work with the other side and say, listen, we're not trying to take away our rights. We're not trying to take away all your guns. We just want practical solutions that make the kids in these schools safer. You know, maybe the everyday citizens don't need automatic weapons. Maybe uh, we we need to put some more research into why these things are happening. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that we could put in place um, that I don't think we do because there's a lot of money floating around Congress that sure. um, that would make that very difficult to do. So I'm running against one of the many members of Congress that takes money from the NRA. And, um, you know, I have I have no problem with I have, was on the phone with a lifetime lifetime NRA member the other day and he called me and he said something's got to give. Yeah. Um, and so there's there are people ready and willing to make these things happen. But why aren't they happening? And we don't have a functional Congress right now. We have a Congress that's broken, that's corrupt. And we need to replace as many members of Congress as we can in 2018. I, I had that conversation with another person who was running for Congress as well. And I was saying, what is it do you think? Cause I don't think people go in like you. Mm -hmm. I don't think they go into Congress going, yes, now I get to swindle and mm -hmm. I get to take advantage and look at all the benefits. And, <laughs> yeah. But you see it time after time, congressmen that go in, uh, even though they have a, a set salary, they end up coming out way more healthy than they were when they went in. You see, you know, buy-offs and you, not buy-offs, you see people that get sponsored by different companies. And so of course, like if someone's giving you, like how, how do you stop or prevent that from happening? I think we have to really look at um, Citizens United made it much more easy for um, people to buy off members of Congress. I think that there are things we need to put in place. I don't take any corporate PAC money. I don't take any PAC money. I'm 100% funded by individuals. There are a lot of candidates that are running like that. Mm -hmm. um, we need candidates on both sides that run completely clean campaigns that promise to run completely clean campaigns. And you see that now. The American people are saying, we don't want politicians that take corporate PAC money. We don't want we don't want politicians that have sure. that are working with all these special interest groups. So I think that as soon as I took that money, people should run against me and yeah. to replace me. I mean, that's reality because um, you know, there I have nothing there's nothing in this for me other than making sure that my daughter doesn't have to have those conversations with her kids and um, you know, to make sure the people in my district are happy. Like that's it. And as soon as I stop doing those things, I feel like it would be pointless for me to be in Congress. And so you're running in the 26th mm -hmm. district and what areas does that include? So all of Denton County, except Carrollton and then Northern Tarrant County. So Watauga, Keller, Northwestern Hills. I was born and raised in the district. I was born and raised in Keller. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then, so you just decided one day driving. So how long have you been involved in politics? Cause like for, for me and my wife, we, uh, not that we're involved in politics, but this was like the first, this was the first, yeah, I live in Plano. This was the first time I've ever put a political sign in my front yard. For who? Yeah, it was for the mayor. And, oh, and, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I like him a lot, and me yeah. and him have talked a couple times, and I was like, you know what, I support you. And I have that's never, great. you're like, wow, we're such, such advocates, but we're, <laughs> we're not. We put a sign up in the yard. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the first time we've ever hey, done but we're got to take a first step yeah, somewhere. So we're getting more and more, like, involved in the local politics. Because for us, I, I laugh that, you know, people, you know, well, half people only vote once every four years yes. for the president. And people aren't paying attention to local and your state elections, which has yeah. much more effect 
on your everyday life yeah. uh, than the president actually does. Yeah. Um, and so what was it that, like, besides your daughter, like, did you ever have any inclinations beforehand about getting involved or? Yeah, I was a I was a delegate for Bernie Sanders in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, for the state convention. And I think before that, you know, I was I well, I mean, I was a young waitress that poor <laughs> and gave money to Barack Obama. I really liked Obama. Yeah. Um, I think I took steps just like any other normal person does like, oh, well, I'll, you know, vote. I'll then I'll donate a little money. Then I'll become a delegate. Like I took normal little baby steps and then I took a, just a huge giant <laughs> jump. Yeah. I never saw myself because I'm mouthy. I have the mouth of a sailor. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm kind of a wild child. So I thought, you know, running for office is not for me. Yeah. But, you know, whenever I looked at this race, um, nobody really ever puts a real run in for it. I mean, there's a guy that ran in this for the seat last time around as a Democrat. But before that, I mean, sometimes it goes unopposed. Um, and I was ready to go all out. And I'm incredibly resourceful. Um, I know that as a small business owner, I know what it's like to have an idea and then to just put small steps forward to sure. making that happen. And so I thought, you know, maybe I need to do this. And it, my my heart feels like it's in the right place doing this. So I just made a run for it. So if anyone is seeing this and they want to like read more about you or support you or in any kind of way, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, lindsayfagan.com is our website, L-I-N-S-E-Y-F-A-G-A-N. And then um, we're really active on Facebook as well. I go live there a lot. And uh, we just won our primary about a month ago. Oh, great. And so yeah, we, we're doing well. And I think the American people are looking for something vastly different than what we've been giving them. I know I was. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just here to, to here to make people happy. There you go. So if you like what she had to say, go on, check out her site, read more about what she has going on. Also, I'm sure they can leave you comments on Facebook and you'll get back to yeah. them at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for coming in. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, we're going to come right, right back on uh, RNCN, the lunch break show. Awesome. Thank you. We are. We are back. So we are back. Yes, that. <laughs> I am going to switch. There we go. Now pull on the computer. There we go. Now there we are. Now yes. we're cooking. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about this real quick. I don't know we're running out of time, uh, but there's a thing that happened online that had me perplexed. 
Right. Enough enough so that I figured you'd segue into a different story after what after after our interview. Yeah. And you totally went a different direction. So I can't wait to see what you have to say about this cuz I can tell you're really anxious to get into it. So uh, so Twitter Twitter has announced that they have deleted over 1.2 million accounts for promoting terrorism since 2015. That's very big of them. Very big of them. The one thing that pops out to me mm-hmm. in this is why. <laughs> like, why, why, why? Why indeed. Not why delete them. Mm-hmm. Totally for deleting them. Sure. That's, that's the good thing. Why, as a company, would you want to admit that you had a 1.2 million users uh-huh. on your site promoting terrorism, and that it took you almost three years to find them and delete them. So you mentioned that thing about being skeptical earlier, and I yep. feel like that has a little something to do with this, because I think a lot of people on the internet are very um, simple-minded, I guess. I think they see a statement <laughs> like this. I think they see a statement like th- Nobody in our comments, of course. I think they see a statement like this, and they think to themselves... Um, I don't know, like, wow, look at Twitter, doing the right thing, yeah. telling the world what's going on, especially in the light of, of the whole Facebook debacle, right? Uh, I think they look at this as, well, that was that's a good thing. That's very big of Twitter to let the world know what's happening. But the point you're making is really what you're doing is you're telling us this did happen and you didn't do anything about it until just now. Yeah. Right. You yeah. got this far down yeah. the road and now it's a thing. Because it's not like terrorism started in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's been happening for a while. Sure. We've known we've known about it on Twitter for you know since two thousand and well, yeah. whenever Twitter came out, uh, we've known about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, something happened in two thousand fifteen that you were like, "Oh, we should probably probably rein this in." Yeah. And so, don't brag about the fact that you have a bunch of people on the site promoting terrorism and right. that it took you this long. Because I can guarantee you, I can go on Twitter right now and find one. Twitter, Twitter's a struggle, man. Twitter, the whole reason Twitter got put together was that the idea was complete unbridled free speech. Yep. That was the deal. I mean, most social media sites have that. That's the goal anyway. But like Twitter, that's really what they were going for. If you can do it in 140 characters, like you can say whatever you want to the world. You can just put it on there and it's sure. out, right? And that was the whole deal for like celebrities to get involved. Ashton Kutcher got a million Twitter followers first. That was a whole deal, right? Yeah. The problem is when you get like David Duke. On the side, sure. who like who are we to say he can't say what he wants on Twitter, right? Like it's free speech. That's the deal. If you want to get on and talk about yeah. your hobbies, right, and bed, <laughs> your hobbies. bed sheets, I don't know the best way to talk about white white supremacy on well, this not, show. It's not hobbies. No, yeah, uh, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I guess, lifestyle, yeah. yeah, ideological decisions. There you go. Um, I guess that's okay, but then you gotta you gotta start labeling that. As binary, right? Is that all right or is that not all right? Yeah. And Twitter's kind of stuck. So when it comes to getting rid of a bunch of like terrorist organizations, I guess, on Twitter, good for them. But at the same time, yeah, the question has to be raised. How did you get here? Yep. How did you get to the point where you that was all right? Yeah, I think that's always been the struggle for any social media open to the public forum mm-hmm. uh, is the free speech conversation yeah because if you allow the ying you have to allow the yang right like that's 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 the rule uh and so like i got into that conversation with my father the other other day because he was talking about how it's a shame that 
Christianity is being taken out of courthouses and all this different. Formerly kind of a stuff. pastor, you said. Formerly right? a pastor, yeah. Right, so right. It makes sense. And again, uh, I said, "Dad," I said, "But you have to do that. If you if you don't do that, then you you allow whatever in the courthouse, right? So th- and how how upset would you be if they put you know another religion in the courthouse that wasn't Christianity based? Sure." You would lose your mind, right? right? And so this is the same thing. So if you're going to lose your mind over that, you just take everything away. And mm-hmm. so it seems like for Twitter, like I, I understand and applaud them for taking for taking terrorism off the site. But one, it's a hard thing to now. You have to identify what terrorism is. Mm-hmm. Is it anyone who promotes you know speech that the public doesn't agree with? Right. Is it anyone who promotes violence? Is it anyone who you have to go through and define that? And then you have to go through and identify the intent. Right. Because, oh man, like I'll kill you is a, is a direct threat. But was the, was it a one-off? Was it said in jest? Was it, you know, there's all different things. So you're opening up a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So almost to me, if I run t- Twitter. It is a secret initiative to go through and take out obvious members of ISIS, take out obvious members of Al Qaeda, uh-huh. take out obvious members that promote violence and death to a nation based on color, you know, creed, whatever it is. Right. Uh, but don't advertise the fact that you're doing it because once you do that, uh-huh. then you're open to all of these sort of conversations. That people will ask you, well, well, how do you define that? How do you determine that? And that's a basket you don't want to be involved in trying to open up. Right. The the platform for free speech is is an admirable one, right? The idea that anybody can get on and say anything. It sounds very sunshine and rainbows. And it turns out somebody gets on and says something terrible, um, and it's a problem. But when you start to draw lines, you have to enforce them. When you start to say, okay, these five million accounts aren't all right, that's great. Like, that's great that you did that, but, like, you got to follow up with it. You can't just say, well, we got rid of those, and uh, past that, everything's fine. Like, you have to define a set of rules for your users. And if you're going to do it in secret, I guess that's okay, but... Matt on Twitter saying, only delete the terrorists that have the verified check mark. <laughs> Clever, yeah. Matt. There yeah, go, that'll Matt. do it. Um, <laughs> no, if you're going to start like drawing lines and saying these people are okay and these people aren't, and you're going to get rid of them, I think I'd rather you do it in a public space. Then do it in secret because the problem is you do it in secret and these people tell people, hey, uh, I got deleted from Twitter because they think I'm a terrorist. Then it's like secret censorship. And that's arguably just as bad, right? That's what we do every day, though. <laughs> like, what do you mean? If you don't think that happens every day, yeah. there's secret censorship everywhere. Like, no. There's, there's, okay. There's different rules that everyone has to, has to play along with. Sure. Uh, and I, I think Facebook does it. I think Twitter does it. I think everyone goes along and they take out what they don't want you to see. There's an algorithm on Facebook right now uh-huh. that they think they have you pegged. They think, I know what this person wants to see right. to make you feel good about being online. Uh-huh. And that's, I think that has much more to do with taking out those sort of sites. Uh, it's because of ad dollars. Okay, so you mean... Secret censorship in the way to, to draw a very simple example, you can't you can't post a, a nude photo on Facebook because the algorithm will delete it. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just gone. Like but, it probably says somewhere in the terms and agreements you I'm can't sure. do that. But they censor it. It's yeah. But that's also what that is. if they think of you as a let's say total conservative. Uh-huh. You are on the farthest right conservative as you can possibly be. Right. And there is a post that is left leaning. Mm-hmm. They don't show you that post. That's that's there now on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
unless it's one of your like direct friends. Okay. But they try not to show you those posts because that makes you f- not feel good about Facebook. Right. And if you don't feel good about Facebook, you won't use it. Yeah. And as far as like being on and streaming, like mm-hmm. as because they get money through ad dollars. We're they getting do. way off topic. They no, get no. money through ad dollars. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not spending a lot of time streaming through their feed, that's less money for them to make. Right. And from the where I'm saying that this is not altogether um just a charity for deleting these posts is because what advertiser for let's say Downty are wants to have Downty? Anyway. Dawn or Bounty? Yeah, I think I mix those two together. Either one. Uh yeah, either one of those. Uh Dawn doesn't want to have their product next to a next to a post uh promoting terrorism. Right. They, they don't they want to tie that together. <laughs> and so you're kinda uh-huh. like cleaning up your site sure. so that you can sell more ads on this on the service. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's a much bigger issue. And so that's what I'm saying. Just don't advertise it because that's when this conversation comes into place. We would never be talking about the methodology or the meaning behind why Twitter's doing what they're doing Sure. had they not posted that. But because they posted their findings hoping for a pat on the back, internet people like us uh-huh. come forward and go, why? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Have you? Do you use Twitter? Uh, I am a, a again a moderate consumer. I use Twitter for news. Okay. So I have a filter on my on my Twitter on my phone where I can go through and read just news headlines. It seems like something you'd enjoy. I'm surprised you're not into it. I I because um, you can make little little posts with absolutely no context. And I mean, yeah, there there are things you say every day when taken out of context that are oh, that are gosh, hilarious yeah. and like yeah. insightful. Yeah. I I I don't like the interaction. Like the interaction. So, like on Twitter, when I would make a post, <laughs> when I when I made a post, uh, I got made fun of for Daunty. Daunty. Uh, yeah, Daunty. Yeah. Uh, when I made a post, and like I would get like a negative feedback, like I would get like a post someone like criticizing me. And to be honest, my grammar is atrocious, mm-hmm. uh, and so me posting online just with no spell check and all like free will <laughs> would be horrible. <laughs> Because anyone that wanted to bash my ideology would just go after my grammar, and rightfully so. It's the, it's uh, the, it's the low, yeah, the low hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. So I just stay off of it. I don't. I have a post that I'll do every once in a while. It's usually like a, either a, a joke or a, yeah. like a, I'm promoting something or here's something that I'm doing. But as far as like everyday interaction, I much prefer face to face. So yeah, I don't. I I am a moderate consumer of Facebook, Instagram, and. Uh, Twitter. Anna brings up a good point in the comments. Are we doing Twitter a solid by talking about them on this show? I don't. I don't think we are. No, uh, we're kind of, kind of derogatory, really. Yeah, I don't think Twitter cares, though. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're bringing down. We're bringing down the empire, right? In in California, I think I think Twitter is a phenomenal service for what it is. I mm. just think that as like someone in their PR firm screwed up majorly by allowing this to be a thing, right? Because it goes into people like us talking about. The meaning behind it, going into why are why are they waiting now to do it? Why didn't they do it from day one? Yeah. What are their rules? What, you have to explain a lot more than what you really wanted to do. Whereas if someone deleted their post because they were talking about you know killing all Americans, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, my site was deleted, and you go, this is why. Everyone goes, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. But when you go out and you announce it, and to me it looks like they were looking for a pat on the back. Like, look Look at the great job we've done. Right. That's when everyone's like, no. Like, that's not a great job. No, yeah, that's what I was saying in regards to all this Facebook stuff. Like, Facebook has all of these things swirling around in the news and Mark Zuckerberg. And then Twitter comes out and goes, hey, uh, 
clean slate. <laughs> Here's what's going on with us. Like, I think it was, yeah, it was a power play. It was to yeah. try to get a little bit of cred in the yeah. news. And it kind of... It doesn't work. Doesn't yeah, work. like yeah. no, I don't, I don't think so. But that's just me. So uh, again, I, I, it's one of those things. I just feel like you need to think it through. Uh, and if you think that your information on any of the sites—Facebook, Instagram—because I, I did the download on Facebook where you can see how Facebook categorizes you. Right, you can do that. Facebook yeah. will tell you your uh, political affiliation. Yeah, as they you, believe it. Yeah, yeah. And so apparently, my wife and I are very strategic on Facebook about what you can see, what you can do. And so it was actually pretty hilarious what they thought we were. Yeah. Uh, because none of it matched up. Our favorite movie was a documentary that our friend made uh, like seven years ago uh-huh. that we liked on Facebook. We said, "Oh, hey, good job making the film. Right. That's the only film we've ever liked." And so it said, "Your favorite movie is this random, random." documentary uh-huh. i was like okay so right it, it tells you that's why because that's what you post about one time right uh, per helping a friend out so My, mine does that too at one point i made a post and used like the hashtag producer for like radio producer even though i was a board op uh and sure. i went in just the other day i was looking at stuff and it thinks i meant producing as in like blacksmithing and welding because that's the thing it's like not quite yeah, yeah close so, but no cigar face yeah that, that, that's what i mean by like you're always being like you're always being micromanaged as far as like what you're seeing they're always filtering it so like even if you're friends with someone on mm-hmm. instagram now if you post something they may not see it yeah uh because that's just the way that they do things on on those channels so they're always doing it so it's not a matter of of should they or should they not filter the content that you see yeah they're doing it the question for me is is when you say we're taking out terrorist. Now you have to define what that means. Mm-hmm. And that's a sticky situation to get yourself into because it's so hard because one person view of who a terrorist is is not the other person's view of who a terrorist <laughs> is. And you've now opened that up right. uh, on a public forum and saying we're going to eliminate that as a as a consumer of our product. And it takes like 30 seconds to get another Twitter account. Uh-huh. So it's... <laughs> Either way, sorry. <laughs> I guess terrorism isn't universal. That's what we've learned today. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Real News CN, uh, where we are live streaming this show right now. Yeah, yeah. you can watch us. I, there's so. a lot of good content. I actually, I just saw we just uh, Sarah Strackhouse is yeah. doing uh, live comment content also on our Instagram and our Twitter. So all of our feeds, I believe, are Real News CN mm-hmm. is everything, and then for Facebook, it's obviously the full thing. Real News Communication Network. So We're also uh, Real News Communications Network on Twitter, which I should say, uh, are on YouTube. Uh, and I should say we have 95 <laughs> subs on YouTube. So uh, close to a hundy. Uh, we got to do something big for the hundred. The best comment of the day is uh, from Amanda Mayfield. A terrorist is someone who doesn't think Carrie Fisher is good. Yeah, I'm going to pin that real quick. <laughs> yeah, Hold yeah. on, let me, let me make Touché. sure I got that Touché. on the top of the screen. Um, there so, that is, yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your comments in the, in the feed. We'll be back on Monday with Matt Stoker back in the building. Uh, and I believe Amy uh, Anna will be joining us as well yes uh, so we'll have a full cast back on monday we're doing a fun little thing called the spicy noodle challenge uh-huh. which is apparently this two times hot you know ramen noodle that apparently a, a lot of people are freaking out about it's it's a year old like yeah. we're, we're not trendsetters on this not new. but i just found it uh and so we bought it we're gonna have it here on monday and we're each of us are going to try it uh, live in studio. The only question, and this is what Matt and I were talking about yesterday, yeah. is should we do it the first right off the bat, uh-huh. or should it be the last thing that we do? Oh, my vote's at the beginning. And just try to struggle our 
way through it. I don't. Th- I don't think it'll be that bad. I really don't. I think everybody's blowing this up and think it's going to be worse than it is. I know. I know. We're going to so- need that sound clip. I know. I know. Back. I sound like the one guy who, who's like the naysayer, like, "Oh, it'll be stupid." Like, I don't even do all that that well with hot food. I just they sell it at Walmart. It's ninety nine cents a pack. How bad could it be? I right? think it'll be hot. You I, think? I think it'll be uncomfortably warm. I um, I think that's true as well. Yeah. So, uh, and we also have Ben and Jerry's coming on Monday as well. Ooh, really? Fun fact. Yes. Yeah, celebrating Free Cone Day. Oh, no. Which is on the tenth on a Tuesday. So fun show on Monday. Please stick around. Uh, tune back in at twelve o'clock on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And again, as always, if you miss part of the show, you can go back through our feed. Or if you love the audio only version, we'll have that up at some point in time before four o'clock today. So thanks so much. Have a great day. Uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs>